Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we're about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the Word to see Jesus. We have taken over. We have taken over. Let's read it together. Second Peter 3 and verse 18. Let's read together. One to go. Let's read again. You know I would ask to do that. So let's just do it again. Let's go. One more time, let's read it again. Give someone a high five as on your way to your seat. Smile. And tell them, welcome to the growth mindset. Say to them, welcome to the growth mindset. Hallelujah. And we'd like to welcome our online audience. Let's give them a big hand. Amen. Alright, we start a new series today. A blank slate means someone or something that is still in an original state. Something that has not been changed either by people or experiences. A blank slate is something that is still in its original state, something that has not been changed either by people or experiences. What we are attempting to achieve with this particular series is that whilst we know that there are certain people that will see you to your end, what I'm trying to achieve is that you don't see yourself to your end. That you don't see yourself finish. Let the see finish come from outside. You can't stop whether people see you finish or not. But the problem is where you see yourself finish, for lack of a better word, and you, are, you, you believe that this is all that there is to you. And I put it to you that your history may be your greatest limitation. Because many of you have a historic idea of the things that have been happening in your life so that you do not take one day as it comes brand new. So, why do you think you're not going to have money today? Because five years to today, I have not had money. It's a mindset... That begins to structure your expectations. So that people, many people, are stuck in the experiences from the past coming into now. And whether they agree or not, subconsciously, that experience is almost determining what they anticipate for for the future. They might talk tough. They might talk, they might act and look dress well. But, 
there is a historic idea or identity that they carry that is influencing what the future should look like actually is actually influencing today and the future the reason for blank slates is that we're trying to bring to your spirit that what if every day was a new day not just in word but in reality what if you greeted every day as a fresh opportunity imagine that you've been in business for five years and five years now you've not been making sales but yet this morning is still another morning for sale to come in that i do not engage my today with the mindset of what greeted me last week day is brand new and is full of opportunities for you say amen. amen so what we want to achieve is that blank slate is something or someone that is still in an original state think about a car that that you just drove out of the the manufacturer's lot what you call cha-cha not being touched yeah imagine that every day you are cha-cha you've not been used you've not been touched you've not been abused nothing evil has happened to you now i'm going to be contending with a lot of perspective and ideas and i know that the holy ghost is going to take over (laughs) this conversation or has taken over the conversation and I tell you, many of you are birthing new things from this meeting. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Alright. So, blank slate is for you to see every day as brand new. Now, for that to happen, you will have to have what I call the growth mindset. And I'm not the one, there's a psychologist that brought about this, this concept called the growth mindset. It is the growth mindset that you're going to have to embrace. There are two kinds of mindsets, if you're writing, write this down. There is the growth mindset and there is the fixed mindset. The growth mindset is the mindset that believes that abilities can be developed. It is the mindset that believes that I can still be more creative. I can still be more intelligent. I can still be better than what I was yesterday. It is the difference between the power of yet and the tyranny of now. The power of yet and the tyranny of now. So what you've known all these years Till you got to this point, and I'll come to, I'll begin to show you scripture about the foundation. What you know from, from when you started up until this point should not hinder what you are yet to accomplish or what you can yet accomplish. Can you say amen? amen. So, with the growth mindset, the person who engages life from a growth mindset perspective has the concept or the idea that all new development is learned 
All new development is learned. Meaning that you have not gotten to the point where you have finished. If you're going to still develop, you can still learn it. Say amen. Amen. I know why this is coming now. Look, whether you like it or not, we are a people of the Spirit. Coming straight out of conference where you have heard about God's love. And it is time to cash on that love. Say amen. amen. Alright? So, a growth mindset engages life with the perspective that all new development is learned. Whilst a fixed mindset is a mindset that feels like, this is me. This is me. This is all that there is to me. Take it or leave it. I am like this. Write this down. Belief systems about our abilities and potentials fuel our behavior and predict our success. A person with a growth mindset is constantly learning. A person with a fixed mindset, just follow me, I'm going somewhere. A person with a fixed mindset is always going to be seeking for approval. So, one person is constantly seeking for approval. The other one believes that there is room for growth. One is saying, why don't you accept me the way I am? The other one is saying, there is opportunity I can be better. Say amen. So one is, so if you find a person who is living life constantly seeking for approval, they, are, they probably have a fixed mindset. But another person who is living life from the place of, I can learn, I can grow. They are living with a growth mindset. So I'm going to give you three steps. I'm going to give you... It's no, You know we're not a steps church. You all know. If you're, if you're coming to church, you already know. We're not a steps church. Okay? But I want to give you... There are more things, really. But I want to give you three things. Or two. I'll stick with two for tonight. Because this episode is going to continue next week. To have a growth mindset. To have a mindset that is constantly growing. The first thing I'm going to ask you to do is keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Why do we say keep your eyes on Jesus? Many people want to become what they envision in the future. But they want to become it from inside out. No, in the walk of grace, you don't become from inside out. You become from outside in. As you behold him, you see yourself in him. As he is, so are you. When you look within yourself, you are not likely to see things that are what's you know, anything or praise. There are two things you would see when you look into yourself. It's either you're, you're going to see stuff about yourself that will make you too proud, or you're going to see something about yourself that will make you too ashamed. 
So, taking your mind off of yourself and looking to Christ makes you see the one who is altogether lovely. He is not too strong to not be weak. And he is not too weak to not be strong. Altogether put together lovely. Can we say amen? Amen. Can we say amen? amen? Give me that scripture. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. So that you are constantly... Here's the three things that you're going to see all through this series. One is revelation. Focus, attention, revelation. The second one is appreciation. The third one is application. Revelation, appreciation, and application. That I'm going to be touching all through growth. Um, so the first thing I want you to see is that you are at a place where you see Him. The Bible says, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's an outward focus that leads to an inward transformation. You don't grow from inside out. You grow from outside in. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of Jesus. What does that mean? It means... That you're going to constantly seek to know Jesus. You're going to constantly seek to see Jesus revealed. You're going to constantly want to hear about Jesus. You're going to constantly look to see the knowledge of Jesus. Know Him. Now he says, grow in His grace. That is every day, greet every day. With a new revelation of the grace of God to you. You're a business person. You're a career person. You're a CEO. You're a student. Every morning. Check out something that reminds you of God's graciousness to you. And know more about the person called Jesus. You know... Everything that we're saying now, some people say, Oh, come on. That's like when Pastor Aaron was teaching. Oh, come on. Tell me something else. Look, the more you know and see Jesus revealed, the better your outcomes and your outlook becomes. You see, the average person seated here, your life is filled with struggle and guilt and shame all right in the natural you're probably struggling with a lot of things from your past from your history that has damaged you that is now almost like a reflection of who you are so you don't look inward at yourself first of all as a person you are limited in and of yourself so you remove your focus from yourself And you place your focus on Jesus. Scripture says that as he is, so are we in this world. So whatever I see in him is a reflection of who I am. 
Now, this is so simple. What it means is that I just need to keep a steady discipline of seeing Jesus revealed. And when I see him revealed, I hear him the way he described himself. Let's look at John 3 and verse 17. It's a place we hardly go to. But I want to show you. Thank you, precious Holy Ghost. We have utterance. Praise God. And healings and miracles are breaking out. Breaking out. Alright. Look at Jesus. It says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Oh, growing grace. And the revelation of Jesus. The Jesus that many people know is the condemnation of Jesus. It says, look at it clearly. For God did not send Jesus to condemn you. Oh, pastor. Jesus doesn't only condemn me only when I have done the right things. No, sir. For God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn you. So, what it means is that at no point in your human experience will Jesus take up the ministry of condemnation. Yes, sir. At no point. Yes, sir. That is what I'm saying is, look at Read it out loud. I, you know, I like us to read together. Out loud. For God. Read it again. Read it again. That the world through him might be what? Saved. So, if you ever find yourself in a situation... That needs saving. Know that God will not, Jesus will not come and say, Hey, see now, see what you've got. I've been telling you. No. When He shows up, He's to save you. He doesn't come with condescending conversation. doesn't come with, No, no, no. He comes to save you. Now, you see, that's why scripture says, Grow in grace. And in the revelation of Jesus, many revelation of religion. But they don't know the revelation of Jesus. You know, as I said it, ah, come on, tell me something else. No, if at any point you wake up, you hear Jesus condemning you, know that you have entered religion. You need to know what he's saying to you. Now, see, listen. <laughs> I'm a servant. My master sends me. It will be foolish. For me to go and do what he did not send me to do. Yes, the assignment to you that Jesus have, has does not include condemnation. Mm. You see, we, we know John 3 says, For God to love the world that he gave him because his own, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have a life. Glory to God. If you say, What does 17 say? They'll start blabbing. Mm-mm. 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world. To condemn the world. So what it means, eh, is that at no point will it be okay for Jesus to condemn you. Yes, sir. Say amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
at no point. At no point. You know, the Jesus that many people know is the Jesus that will condemn them and leave them there. The Jesus that I know is the one that will come, not even say anything condemnation, pick you up, save you out of the mess. What I'm saying is that some of you, some of you have deliberately entered debts. Some of you have deliberately entered, you know, you've done something stupidly and made some certain stupid decisions. And let me tell you, how smart you are, no matter how wise you are, no matter how knowledgeable you are, huh? there are times when you will goof. Yes, sir. Big time. Yeah. And you know when people hear about goof, they, 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 they think something big. Huh? They think something massive. There are just times when you can't even trust yourself yes, to, to, to make the right decision. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There are times when, you know, you've done all your arithmetic. You've done everything. Have you ever seen people who did everything humanly possible? And still, they still failed. Or they still came to zero. Or they still came to nothing. That's why once you step out of yourself, believe you have a savior. I say, believe you have a savior. I say, believe you have a savior. Because the savior does not look at your human limitations. The savior does not look at your human frailties. The savior does not look at your human errors. The savior's job is to save you. No questions asked. Somebody say this after me. The savior has been sent... His job is to save me. I want you to rejoice on that reality. Come on church, rejoice on that reality. So listen to me. That's why that scripture says, Grow in grace and in the revelation of Jesus. Who is Jesus to me? What's his job to me? What was he sent to do to me? Do you understand? What he was sent to do to me is inspiring what he is doing to me. How many of you know that scripture says where Jesus was saying that that which I see my father do, that's what I do. That is, I copy templates of my father and I just carry it out. What it means is that whatever I do not see my father do, I don't do. So what it means is that Jesus is simply saying, some of you think that Jesus is the good guy, God is the one who is angry, so Jesus is always petting him. No. No. Jesus said, that which I see my father do, that's what I do. So it's actually the father's good pleasure that you will never be condemned. Oh, some of you are not here. Well, let me talk to people like us that have made some very terrible mistakes. God is not condemning me. Now, you know, this is so important, Pastor Shegun. This is so important because... This is the springboard for success in life. If I am going to rise, if I am going to move forward, it's from this foundation. I make it. Sometimes I get it right. Sometimes I don't get it right. But I come knowing that God is not condemning me. So what that means is that even if weakness came as a fault of yours, Mm, you yeah. did you did the unthinkable and now 
the unthinkable has happened. God is not condemning you. And Jesus' job is to save you. So, the first growth mindset is to keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Now, why, you know, if you check scripture, and this, this is going to, let me just go into the second growth mindset. The second growth mindset that I want you to have is to look for and celebrate the evidence of the Spirit's work in you. Look for and celebrate the evidence of the Spirit's work in you. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to come back to the first one, okay? But I want to dwell here for a minute. Let's look at, let's look at Philemon 1 and verse 6. We'll look at that first. Let's look at that. Let's read together one to go. Read again one more time. Come on, everybody, together. One to go. Listen, you know, what many Christians do is they, they remove every good thing and put every big thing. He didn't say every big thing. He says every good thing. Hello? It may not be big. But if it's good, acknowledge it. Oh, I feel the power of God as I say that. It may not be big. But if it's good, acknowledge it. You know what that means? Take note of your progress in the things of the Spirit. It's a growth mindset, my friend. It's a growth mindset. Look, what it means is that, hey, whenever you find yourself desiring to pray, don't look at all the weeks you did not pray. Look at that one time that you are desiring to pray and acknowledge it. It is a sign that the Spirit is still at work in you. Five weeks you did not give. And one time your heart was prompting to give. That's the Spirit at work in you. You and your husband, you have a serious crisis in marriage. But you both of you are still seeking counsel from your pastor. You are still that's you are still carrying you are still carrying yourself. Say, let's go for counseling. That's the Holy Ghost at work in you. The Bible says you must acknowledge it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You have to acknowledge it. See, the problem with many people, the reason why it doesn't get big is because the seed that was small, they killed it. They killed it. It's a growth mindset. See, this growth mindset is that, as I told you, the first thing that you have to look out for is revelation. The second thing is appreciation. Many people can't appreciate because it's small. No, no matter how little it is. The Bible says that the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you. It doesn't say every big thing. It says every good thing. Oh, Every good thing. 
every good thing. You woke up two months. So, okay, for two months you've not been praying. And then one morning you woke up with a burning desire to pray. That's a good thing. No, you see, if you engage that good thing, Kaya, what can happen to you for the next two years? You may not believe your eyes. But you say, well, you, and you, you've been going to churches where they told you, well, can you imagine? So for two months, you've not been praying. Then all of a sudden, you think that this one, one hour of prayer, or five minutes of prayer, is, is, is enough. Sir, is enough. Starts, 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 starts. What's, what Satan does not want you to do is start. Start. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. You see, that, that mouth, you just opens it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. You have started. Oh. <laughs> hey, he says, acknowledge. Take notes of the Spirit's work, of that which the, the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Take note of it. Listen, what I'm saying is take note of everything. No matter how small, take note of it. I mean, every single thing. The Holy Ghost prompted you in your heart to give somebody 1K. Glory to God. Then tomorrow is 3K. Glory to God. Then next week, it's 5,000. Glory. What I'm saying is that if you're going to grow, you've got to appreciate. You've got to appreciate. You've got to appreciate. Many of you are on journeys where you are not where you used to be. You see your life making progress. The evidence of the Spirit's work in you. You've not preached to anybody for one year. And then all of a sudden, you are with this, your friend. Like you are in the car together. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God begins to nod you and say something to him. Say, me. 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 Bad person like me. I know. Holy Spirit, go and look for someone. It's not me. You forgot him. You've forgotten that the Holy Ghost that dwells in you. Eh? He's not a girl, he's not a, he's not a boy. He's, a, he's not a junior. He's the Holy Ghost. Hmm? And guess what, sir? I don't know what a donkey did to be able to be used of God. You see that donkey that God used to talk to Balaam? That donkey is not holier than you. Uh, look at you. And sir, he can never be. You see burning bush? Burning bush and you, you are not on the same level. What I'm saying is that burning bush is burning bush. You are seated together with him in heavenly places. You know, you're not on the same level with burning bush. Donkey, 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 donkey. Okay, raven. Raven that God used. You see, the devil is a liar. Who by now would have had champions and giants. Would have had champions and giants if you just knew how to acknowledge those little stuff. Every evidence of the Spirit's work in you. Let me show you something. I'll show you two more things. Then we'll go. 
Let's look at something. In the book of Mark 4 and verse 25, we've, we've looked at this severally in different ways, but I want you to look at it. Let's read it together. I want to go. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me show you another one. Matthew 13, 12. Quick. Matthew 13, 12. When you finish, Matthew 25, 29. Matthew 13, 12. Quickly. What does it say? Go to the next text. Quickly. Quickly. Matthew 25:29 You know what Jesus was saying If you agree the little that you have sorry see it says not the big but the good right if you agree the little that you have that's the mind that's the growth mindset that's the mindset for engaging growth Accepts that I have. The one that would not accept that he has, even that which he has will be taken. He did not say, I will take away. Jesus did not say, I will take away. What he says, it will be taken. It means that it is the devil's strategy for defeat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Keep you thinking that you are nothing. And the more you think that you are nothing, you have nothing. You say, um, uh, who is going to? Me, not me. Oh. Who is me, not me. That is the way the enemy keeps you stagnated and stuck. Once you begin to accept huh, that I am, I am a giver, or that there is a good thing that the Holy Spirit is doing in me. Today I was kind to somebody. Now listen, it is not that you accept it and stay there. No, you accept that it is there. And as you accept, you grow it. When you accept and engage, the Holy Spirit can grow. Let me show you something very interesting. Look at the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Say this after me. I have a growth mindset. Oh, say it out loud. Say, I have a growth mindset. No, some of you are not talking with your mouth. Say, I have a growth mindset. What I'm saying is every facet of life. Acknowledge the little stuff. But especially, listen, especially in your Christian walk, the Bible says to acknowledge every good thing that is in you. You have to acknowledge it. Oh, I'm kind. Yes, I'm kind. Sir, when we get saved, boasting is not eliminated. Boasting is just redirected. We boast. But it's in the Lord. You don't eliminate boasting. No, it's that my boast is in, is in somebody. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So I acknowledge. I acknowledge. I acknowledge that God is doing a work in my heart. I acknowledge. See, it's not the self-righteousness kind of, you know, even me. (laughs) No. It is 
I see what the Lord is walking in. And I am allowing him to I'm allowing it to work out. I have knowledge. I wake up with a burning desire. I've not been praying for four weeks. I wake up with a burning desire to study my Bible. I acknowledge. It means God is still talking to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll show you something. First Corinthians one from verse two. Now, let, let me let me begin to because there are a lot more things that I want to say, but I'm sure you you get the jack, right? When Paul begins to listen to me, everyone, when Paul begins to talk to the Corinthian church, many of you read First Corinthians one, First Corinthians chapter one and verse, you know, chapter one, then you read it independent of chapter two chapter 3, chapter 4. No, when God was talking to the Corinthian church, he was talking to the church. As far when Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, he was writing to the Corinthian church. So, 1 Corinthians 1, and verse 1, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, is the same, is one book. It's for us to understand that they have to break it down into chapters. When when Paul began to write to the Corinthian church, he was writing to a church. Listen to the church, oh, the church in Corinth. <laughs> when many people go to our heaven, because, because it's not their own heaven, when they go to our heaven, they will be angry. They will say, what kind of rubbish is this? How can me and this person be in the same heaven? Well, don't worry. Hmm? The church that Paul was writing to. I'll, I'll show you something. In chapter 6 or so, somebody has slept with his father's wife. There were court issues. That is, Paul, Paul was talking about the fact that they, they were dragging themselves to courts. There was pride issue. Pride and arrogance. There was deception. In the church that Paul was writing, seeing one another, lying to one another. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This church had many problems. But let me tell you something. Kalepote, Maliate, God never speaks to you from the place of your issues. He speaks to you from the place of your identity. Yes, and if God is going to address your issues, He starts from your identity. Yes, God never comes to you on the basis of your issues. Never. He always starts from your identity. Glory to God. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them, look at look at look at their description. I will show, show you. To them who are what? Hey, wait. <laughs> let me let me open my Bible here because I want to be there so that as we're going, me I'll be showing you too. To them that are what? Called to be what? You see when you see when you see these brackets. What it tells you is that you can take away that word and it will still make sense. It will still make sense. 
So let's read it again. Unto the church of who God? First of all, you call them the church of God? God. Amen. Church of God. Amen. No, you don't know the God that I'm talking about. That God is a consuming fire. How can you say that that church is a church of God? Look at the scriptures. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified. He didn't say that were sanctified and fell out of sanctification. No. To them that are sanctified. They are still sanctified in Christ. They are still sanctified in Christ. It's called saints. Many people think that we are saints when we get to heaven. That's a lie of the devil. The saint is the blood washed. The blood washed is the saint. He says, called saints. Look at it. He says, with all that is in every place, with all that in every place call upon the name of the Lord, both theirs and us. What he's saying is that this church in Corinth is the same as all the other churches in every place. Yes, sir. Go to verse 3. Quick, quick. Verse 3 says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and to our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 4. It says, I always thank my God for you because of God's grace given to you in Christ Jesus. That by him you were enriched in everything. In speech and in all knowledge. In this way the testimony about Christ was confirmed. Look, let's go to verse 4. Go to verse 4. I thank my God always on your behalf. For the grace of God which is given to you by Christ Jesus. That in everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. He's not saying it's going to be confirmed. He says was confirmed in you already. You will soon see the identity of who He's talking to. Verse 7. Verse 7. We're going all the way to verse 9. So that you come behind in no gifts, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You come behind in no gift. What it means is that you are not disadvantaged in any way. That is, that they can't say all first, then you second. You are not behind in any. Ah, wait. You are not behind in any gifts. It says, who shall also confirm unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Did you see this? Did you see this? First of all, you come behind in no gift. And then listen, it's all the way to the end. That is, see, that is, it is till the end. You know, there are many people who cannot enjoy their Christian work because they feel that at any point now, I can just fall. Or at any point now, I can just fail. Or at any point now, I can commit the unpardonable sin. No, you can't. Now them. Now them. No, you know, you. I say you can't. Sir, can you commit the unpardonable sin? No, no, you can't. Sir, can you commit the unpardonable sin? No, sir. 
You know what it means to commit your uh, pardonable sin? Is to is to is to deny the faith. Is to say, look at actually, scripture says. I want you to hear me. Scripture says that the one who has committed the unpardonable sin is the one who has denied that Jesus died. That first, that Jesus came in the flesh and that he died and that he was buried and that he rose again. You're already in the house. Which one is unpardonable sin? You have already believed that he died, he was buried, he rose again. That's how you entered the house. Unpardonable sin. Unpardonable sin. Unpardonable sin. Then somebody say, when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. No. The Bible says the one who has committed the unpardonable sin is the one that says that the Holy Spirit's testimony about Jesus is a lie. You are already in the house. How did you come into the house? The Holy Spirit nudged you in. You see, you cannot... Uh, let me put it like this. There is no lie, sir, that you can lie to the Holy Spirit. You know, some people think that the Holy Spirit is an emotional wave pad. One day like this is just happy. Another day like this, you just go off. One day like this, you know, it's just unstable emotionally. You know, and some of you are so hypocritical, yet you are taking emotional intelligence. Somebody is teaching you, human being, that you can sit down and manage how you respond. Wow. Somebody can sit you down and tell you that you can sit down and manage how you respond to crisis, manage how you respond to manage how you respond to insults that is not everything that somebody says that sometimes you walk away and so you are taking anger management class so you can manage anger then you don't realize that the Holy Ghost is more emotionally intelligent than you Holy Spirit no it's not emotional wave pad it's steady are you hearing what I'm saying steady. So it keeps you blameless until the day of... Look at that word. I want you to highlight that word, blameless. <laughs> blameless. Let's read this together. Want to go? What does he say? That God is faithful. He already says in the, in the previous chapter, he'll keep you to the end. Then he says that this one is faithful. It is by him that you were called. And into the fellow, it's by him you are called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It's by him. Some of you are living as though it's by yourself you were called. You know, by yourself you can change your mind. By him, so long as that sacrifice has been made, he cannot change his mind. Now, after I have shown you all of this, go to chapter 2. Go to chapter 3. On my Bible, the church he's talking to. Number one problem, the problem of immaturity. And he says God can keep the immature one till the end. Look at it. The problem of immaturity. (laughs) Then you go to the next one. The faithful manager. Then you go to the next one. Chapter 6, right? Chapter 5. Immoral church members. 
That's the church he was talking about in chapter 1. Blameless. Blameless. He, look at it. Is this in your Bible? Immoral church members. <laughs> Lawsuits among believers. <laughs> then he teaches them marriage, meaning yeah. they were not they, they were they were they were they were having marital problems. Ah they were eating food offered to idols. They had eating problem. Food offered to idols. What it means is that they couldn't control themselves. That anywhere, anywhere the left is, it's okay. They couldn't, they didn't have control. But they had identity. They had identity. Even though they had issues. Uh, some of you did not come oh, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> eh? Are you hear what I'm saying? So, their identity. We're talking about people who had problems in marriage, people who are taking themselves to court, people who are all kinds of issues. So, now that you know this, go back to chapter 1 and verse 2. We're closing on this note. Chapter 1 and verse. Hey, 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 go to verse. Go to chapter 5. Go to chapter 5. Go to chapter 5. It is reported that there is fornication amongst you. And said fornication, as is not a catopodist, mentioned as named amongst the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. Woo. And you are puffed up. So this is this is this fearlessly. And you are proud about it. And have not rather mourned that 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 he that he that had done this deed might be taken away from amongst you. Verse three. For verily, as absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have ready, as though I were present concerning him that has done so this deed. in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together. And my spirit with power, with the power of the... Go back. And my spirit with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, here verse 5. What, what, I'm, I'm going to the point where he says, do, do you not know? To deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. Look, look, oh, wait, see, see, see. For the destruction of his flesh, that what? His spirit may be saved. His spirit, the one, that one. His spirit will be saved in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And look, I don't, I don't have time to dwell on this or to explain to you what Paul was saying here. Let's keep moving. Your glory, your glory is not good. You know, know ye not that a little living livineth the whole lump? Yeah. Purge out therefore the old living, that ye may be a new lump. As ye are unliving, for even Christ, our Passover, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old living, neither with the living of malice and wickedness, but with the unliving bread of sincerity and truth. Verse 9. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not 
took company with fornicators. Verse 10. Yet, not altogether with fornicators, but of this world, or with the covetous, or extortioners, or idolaters. For then must ye need go out of the world. <laughs> but now I have go but now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such and one. No, not to eat. Yeah? Verse 12. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? Do not judge them that are within. But them that are without, God judge it. Therefore, put away from amongst yourself that wicked person. Dare any of you having any matter against another, go to... Look, he's saying, why are you going to court? Alright? Now, what I'm saying is, all this conversation starts first with the narrative of identity. You've got to be rooted first in identity. It is as you go deep in identity that you experience a free flow. Fruits. You know, one of the things that Jesus, that scripture says, it talks about the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit. When you see the word fruit of the spirit, it is evident that there is a planting, number one, and that the root has gone deep. So fruits do not... Hello, how many of you have seen a fruit that just came out by itself? Ever seen a tree? I've ever seen any fruit that just showed up out of nowhere. There is first a tree. Yeah. That tree has a root. Yeah. And many times that root goes deep in its identity yeah. called the soil. Then he can bear fruits. How do we get here? Acknowledge the evidence of the Spirit's work mm. in you. Mm. Talk about it. Talk about it. Rejoice in it. Hallelujah. Hello? Hallelujah. You have a habit that hasn't gone. One week, one whole week, you did not engage in that habit. That's the time to celebrate. Rejoice. Rejoice. Celebrate. Look, because the more you see it as something little, the more it dies. But the more you begin to magnify it, the more you begin to magnify it and make it big and make it big and make it big, the more it grows in your spirit. If you, for example, they tell you, that you should paint pictures of where you are going, the kind of house that you want to live, the kind of car you're going to drive. Alright? You know what I'm going to ask you to do? Paint pictures in your room of the Spirit's evidence, the, the evidence of the Spirit's work in your life. Put on your wall that day that you were generous. That day that you, that you forgave. That day that you loved. That day that you did not respond with bitterness. That day that you did not respond with anger. You see, many of us remember all the times that we responded with anger. And we forget the times that we were controlled. You think you controlled yourself. No, the Holy Ghost 
was the one at work in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Say amen. Amen. You won't grow anything that you are not acknowledging. And what you are acknowledging is what will grow. Amen. You won't grow anything that you are not acknowledging. And what you are acknowledging, that's what will grow. Somebody's kind to you, acknowledge. You find yourself responding in a way that you know. Hello, let me ask you a question. How many of you since, since being in church, one or two, know that you have grown? Let me see your hands up. That's you know that you are no longer the same person that came to the blueprint church. You know you have grown. Acknowledge it. While we know that there is yet work to be done, we know that you are not the same person that you used to be. Let me show you one last thing. Can I show you one last thing? This one I will enter it in detail next week, but I just want to show you. Now, let, let me say something to you. Now, you see, let, let, let me share something with you. You see, as a pastor, when I go out to preach, I'm a conference speaker. When I come to my house, I'm your teacher. When the pastor has to teach you every Sunday in a year, sir, grow. Sir, do what? Do what? Do what? Do what? Take the things that you are hearing, go and apply them in your life. Tomorrow morning, start acknowledging the evidence of the Spirit's work in you. Start. 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 You feel the nudging to give. That's the Holy Ghost. You feel the nudging. When you, for example, you get married and you, you take your husband and you are having issues and you're going, you say, sweetie, let's go and let's go for counseling. That's the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It means that you have not given up completely. Yeah. It means that you're not saying, you know what, I throw in the towel, I lose. It's okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. I'm done. It might be little to you. But you've seen scripture. It's a principle that if you acknowledge it, it will be better. It will be bigger. The third thing that I want to show you is in the book of Timothy. I want you to lift up your hands and say this after me. Say, I enjoy a free flow of God's favor. Say it again. I enjoy a free flow of God's favor. Let me ask you a question. What is Jesus doing to you? What's he doing to you? He's saving you, right? What's Jesus doing to you? Hello? What is Jesus... What is his assignment to you? What is Jesus' assignment to you? To condemn you? To judge you? To do what? So even if you are responsible for the situation, what's his job to you? 
if you are the one that made the mistake and got yourself in that situation, what does he do to you? He's always, always, always saving you. Always. You see, this might not make sense to the perfect people. But this makes sense to the people who are not here by themselves. In him I live, I move, and have my being, and find my residence. In him. In him. Let me show you the last thing. Woo! I love this. Second Timothy 3. You see, Pastor Aaron was talking about how they will sit down to teach for 10 hours. 10 hours. He's still teaching. 10 hours. There was something he told me when we were in the room. He said, you see, this, this thing like wine. Look, the presence of God is here. Let me tell you something. We, Aki, you're here. You know the man I'm talking about. This guy, I met him just outside two weeks or three weeks ago. He was, one of his friends brought him to church. He was sick with tuberculosis. At that point, he was already vomiting blood. Aki, is, is there a witness to what I'm saying? It was last week that Aki called my attention to the guy. He said, sir, this, this man wants to see you. Ah, what's going on? He was there when I prayed, rebuked that sickness. The man that I saw two or three weeks ago was already a dying man. It was like, his eyes were yellow. The man that I saw last week, he said, sir, for the past two weeks, I've not taken my drugs. Not one drop, not one drop of blood. Not one drop of blood. Not, I have not, I have not, I have not caught blood. I say we engage the thing that we know. Ask I can, what do we do? In the name of Jesus, tuberculosis, I rebuke you. And those of you who know me, you solicit for testimony. I don't. I don't ask you, do you have a testimony now? I don't care. Sir, when I pray for you, is Jesus that is his name I used. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it is up to him. Of course, up to me. Up to me because I will not shy away from the responsibility. I'll take that responsibility. But up to him to make good his word. You said in your word, we shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. All I do is hand sick. You recover. Full stop. That guy is healed by the power of God's spirit. No trace. He said, sir, I have not been coughing. The one that was making me laugh. Oh, the one that was making me laugh was when he kept giving the testimony to say, and then they gave me money. They gave me money. Abby, sorry. Oh yeah, that's that's another interesting fact. The guy is a Muslim. Uh I said it before, sir. That Jesus have to die to raise one dead person. He was raising the dead before he died. So, in fact, things. let me tell you something. If you're sick in your body, the easiest thing to happen to you is for you to be healed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the easiest thing mm-hmm. to happen to you is, to get is for you to be healed. Amen. 
See, it's too easy eh, that the healing ministries and ministers, right, or Robert's T.L. Osborne, they'll tell you for free that more unbelievers yeah. get healed instantly yeah. than church folks. Because church folks are used to the talk of church. But you see, God does not withhold even from the Muslim. And my point is that if he will heal the Muslim so easily, he that withheld not his son, what gave him up? How will he not with him freely give you healing? Healing. 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 I, I can I can hear the sick from sleep. From sleep. In the name of, of, of Jesus. And what I'm saying is you too. Sir, you too. See, on your lowest day as a believer, you are more powerful than Satan. Not just Satan, than any disease or any infirmity. That's, see, the day that you did not engage anything, you're, you're just strolling, going to Cold Stone, taking ice cream, you know all those combinations. Taking all of that and just chilling with your friends and chilling and watching movies and watching, um, um, what's, what's it called? John Wick 3. Some of you think I don't go to the movies. What's wrong with you? Watching John Wick, doing all of that. On that day, you're still filled with the Holy Ghost. And so much can be done through you. And sir, you don't need to shout. Healed in the name of Jesus. And it is done. Sir, it is done. 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 Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, sir. We're not in the kingdom of superstars. We're in the kingdom of sons. I said, we're not in the kingdom of superstars where God will use one superstar to do something that he would not use the other to do. We're in the kingdom of sons. And you know what? Every person is a son. It's just that he has to bona fide cash in what belongs to him. Not one soul needs one more day in your office or on your streets. In fact, you can start activating this thing eh? to the point that you acknowledge every good thing that is in you, right? To the point that even the one that is not your business. So come, come. You are making my business. Come, what is wrong with you? You've not been able to walk in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. I've never seen him before. Come, come, come. See, I'm not talking about my loved ones and my family members. I'm talking about strangers. I don't know you before. I've never seen you before. It will become my business. See, let me tell you something. I'm digressing a little. But let me tell you something. I, I, I take delight in praying for the sick. It's one of my hobbies. Sick praying is a hobby. If you call me at any time of the day, in the name of... It's a hobby. I like it. You know why? I hate affliction. Yeah. And that same spirit is at work in you. So as I'm 
the anointing of God's Spirit is upon you. It's upon you. It's upon you. So where did I say you should go now? Second Timothy three and verse one. This is the last thing I'm gonna give you for growth mindset. Let's read this together. Want to go? Verse two. For who? And women. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Men is universal. For men shall be what? For men shall be what? Two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Seven. That's why I want to stop. Put that word on thankful. In yellow. So it means... A growth mindset is a thankful mindset. Thankful. 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 It says, how you're going to know that we're in the last days is that man would be unthankful. But you can decide that you are not going to be the sign of the last day. By being thankful. Gratitude is a growth mindset. If people won't stop being nice to you, don't stop saying thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody in his car. A bus driver carries you. A kekena pep carries you. A bike carries you. You pay him his money. Thank you. The world does not revolve around you. The world revolves around Christ. <laughs> and his finished work. And then Christ revolves around you. So, don't have an entitlement mentality. A growth mindset is a thankful mindset. Grateful for the things that you've received. Grateful, grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's not difficult to say. Thank you. Your thoughts, God's word. Your thoughts, God's word. Somebody teaches you God's word. Oh, where all the all the ministers that came, I embarrass them with thank you. Yeah. I embarrass them with thank you in their hotel rooms. And I embarrass them. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. They'll be wondering what what, what do you thank you so much. You know why? I value God's word yeah. like like that, like a man that has found precious treasure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In fact, the first place to be thankful is to the people who feed you spiritually. Let me tell you, and I'm closing on this note. That is the proof that your focus is in the right place. That's the proof. You know, there are many people seated here that still really believe that they can amount to anything outside Christ. They actually still really believe that they can amount to anything outside Christ. There are people sitting here who truly believe that they can actually amount to something outside Christ. You know, I sat down today in, in, in my friend's house in the kitchen and I was just thinking about life. And I thought about, Pastor Shedden, 
I thought about myself born and I thought about myself getting old to 70 and not knowing the gospel and I was afraid see Pastor Shegun, terror mm. came upon me that I you know I tell people this listen to me very clearly you are already born you are not about to be born you are here whether you negotiated, you did not negotiate, you, you're here. There is only one way out. Is that it comes again? Or you will die. Thankfully, we will die in long life and old age. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But the truth is that 80 years will still come. Oh, so I'm so grateful that I have believed this gospel. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that my whole life is found in this gospel. If not, I would have been afraid of getting old. Because to be old is to die. Alright? So I'll I'll be afraid of getting old. The next birthday will be a sorrowful birthday. And then I'll, next, you know, seven years from now, I'll be 40. Another 10 years, I will be 50. Another 10 years, I will be 60. Then the life is gone. Another 10 years, you'll be 70. Another 10 years, you'll be 80. But thanks be to God that I have the gospel. Thanks be to God that I can navigate through life with this gospel. Thanks be to God that my life is not going to be defined environment. That's why with reckless abandon, I throw myself on this gospel. Glory, glory. That there's nothing that defines me other than this gospel. Oh, oh, will I go away with my car? No. Will I go away with my degree? No. Will I go away with my status in the office? No. But with this gospel, my future is secure. And you find a way to channel your thanks to the right things. Thank you. 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 He says in the last days they'll be unthankful people. Somebody say thank you. Oh, somebody shout thank you. Oh, somebody say thank you. It's a growth mindset. It's a growth mindset. Pray in the spirit where you are right now. Pray in the spirit everywhere. Thank you for engaging with us in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello at blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.